How's it going, my little chaluminots? Mm. Mm. It's still hey creepy, no matter no matter what you say. I don't know. I think it gets a little more loving and tender every time I say it. Mm. Welcome to the next Chill Mini episode 20. I <laughs> hope everybody's having a great day. Thank you so much 20? for your support. Really? Yes, this is the 20th God mini damn. episode. Where does the time go? <laughs> it's fast, man. We're like two and a half years out the deep window. into this. Yeah, out the window and abducted by uh, coronavirus, uh, coronavirus machines. Giant coronaviruses? Giant coronaviruses. I don't know what you boys brought. Um, well, I tried so hard, but you know, I didn't in the even end, know. It doesn't even matter. Uh, yeah, I wasted it all just to watch you go. That was uh, track number eight on there. That's track number eight on their CD. Number one in my heart. It's it was the, number one is, in my heart for a I long. can think of at least three breakups that song helped me get over. <laughs> <laughs> at least three. I miss the, the, I miss the, the idea of a DJ being one of the guys in the band. <laughs> you just I miss that time. He's an important and very vital member of that yeah. music group. From Hanson to Linkin Park. The <laughs> Mike Shinoda did Hanson. most of that song. Is Hanson still doing stuff? Like actually, probably uh, yeah. they might. Yes. Yeah, like right, I'd ride that. I'm sure they the gravy trains mm, good. They were like 12 Do years old when they started, so it was yeah. like. I, I watched that music video. I think like a couple years ago, and it's it's just them. It's incredibly 90s because it's just them running up and down the street, like knocking the hats off of each other, jumping at the camera, singing, saying so, like, they can, weird, but not knowing. Yeah, and yeah. then skateboarding down the, the 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 sidewalk with like weird like point with five speed speed ends. It's 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 very yeah. beastie boys. Yeah, and that, that, that's the kind of faces they make, like very happy faces. The camera constantly is it's bizarre. Low budget, low budget. Anyway, I mean the song the song is low. The song is like mbop mipatop ba doo wop. It has do words. Like it sure does. Yeah, yeah. Let's just be clear. It's a low budget song. It is. <laughs> Did they have another hit song after that? They had. No. They had no, right? a couple no. songs though. They had like uh, sure. the Christmas song. They right? had a couple albums. Here come, they here just come. didn't have a so hit. So did like ninety eight degrees, and they lasted a little longer than Hanson. But I, I think. couldn't tell you a ninety eight degrees song to save my life. Ah, Hanson must have some other songs. Mm, I don't think so. No? <laughs> Alex has got to know now. No, I'm sure they do, but only to the Hanson fans fan. out there. Yeah. The one super fan. Someone's like, Hanson's song, Summertime uh, Blues, was great. You <laughs> you guys suck. Mbop is top song. Second song is Finally It's Christmas. Wow, <laughs> that's on that. Hanson that, Christmas. Uh, then it's an Owl City song featuring Hanson. <laughs> oh, no, dude. Then it's <laughs> nice. another Christmas song. Then it's two nice. more versions of Mbop. Then have it's a song ever, called Where's the Love. Have you ever been to an Owl City concert before? I've been to a Postal Service concert. Is that the same thing? It is not. I went to an Owl <laughs> City concert <laughs> in like 2017, 2018. Very weird vibe. Lots I feel of like there's a lot of different are, ages. Yeah. It's like lots of girls who, well, <laughs> I say women who are like in their 30s screaming like they're 16 again. And Can I just say that sounds like to me a great night. It's like Bon Jovi. <laughs> be, that is my target audience right now. I am like <laughs> head women in their city 30s. Concerts, hello. They're, they're drinking a lot, but also the songs are not so subtly about how God gave him his career. Yeah, and those ladies are going to give He constantly, him. every song, he's like thanking God for you know, him being able to put on a concert for 200 people. The penitent man will pass. You know what they say? Yeah. <laughs> penitent. 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 Latin, our city sounds like the postal service. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What'd you get? What'd you bring us today, boys? What 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 weird news around the world is happening? I got stuff for you. What is okay. it? Okay. Al, uh, it's not Alex, weird at Jesse, all. Mike, whoever. So here's the thing. <clears throat> I received an email. Oh, you might uh, have as well about this we talk often on our show about uh you know classified information mm -hmm. and top secret information i got an email from a listener who literally gave me his information but said do not say any of this on the show we get a few of those yeah 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 so i was like all right cool i will simply say a viewer who may or may not have given me information about who this viewer is was like hey um I know you guys talk a lot about classified and top secret stuff. If you need any help with it or you want to get the right verbiage or, you know, military insider knowledge, I'd be happy to help you. Uh, but, you know, don't include my name. 
And I was like, all right. So, um, this is the email that I got. Uh, we have become coast to coast online. Yeah. I mean, but this isn't like weird or anything. This is just no, we get a, we get a lot of us. weird stuff. Though. I don't get weird. Thank you. Internet. Thank you for keeping me off those lists. Um, I have an active clearance. The details of which I do not want to discuss and obviously will not be providing any information of an unclassified level that said professionalism and the professionalization of your discussion is something that I want to help uh, with in regards to common misunderstandings regarding secret or higher information of the uh, of knowledge within the government. The public must speculate on. All right. Uh, in case you don't get back to me, here's a few pointers in terms of government classification. One, we do not say classified. Sensitive information is only referred to by its technical classification level, something like secret or top secret, etc. These levels are unclassified, unclassified for official use only. That would be things like medical records, social security numbers, etc. Right. Sensitive. This is an uncommon one generally used for like domestic operations. <coughs> secret. This is Sensitive target uh, and intelligence information open largely to anyone in the military an attached contractor or someone like associated with it uh, as you obtain during, you know, you obtain a secret during your basic training, that kind of thing. Like something you would learn, they teach you that you would need for knowledge about, you know, if you're going overseas or whatever. Then there's secret no foreign national. And this is secret level, but must not be shared with any counterparts from an allied country. This is typically British and Aussie folks stationed with us. And there's top secret. This is obviously more sensitive, critical national security. There is top secret, sensitive compartmentalized information. This is information that is top secret, but like don't share between departments of the government. Uh huh. And then there is top secret sensitive compartmentalized information TK. And I'm not sure what TK stands for, but this is like uh, total combat (laughs) to kill the, the the authors of this says, I cannot discuss these details on an unclassified network, whatever that means. That's probably Uh, like fucking Google emails. (laughs) I don't know. And then there's, uh, there's top secret, Sensitive compartmentalized information, TKCI and TKFS. Um, same as above, but the CI and FS identify an individual having successfully completed a full polygraph examination administered by the intelligence agency. Now, and before we go, this is a random tangent. Hasn't it been proven that polygraph tests are fucking bullshit? They're not almost all bullshit. Degrees? They're just not good for like... T- deciding whether or not somebody's innocent or guilty of a crime. Yeah, they actually polygraphs. They work, but they're easily manipulated because yeah. they don't. Yeah, they're not telling you if you're lying or not. Just measuring your body's reaction, right, Correct. to the question. Yes. And if somebody and so like that, me, who's an anxiety-ridden person, I imagine it'd be just be like, "Wow, he's scared." <laughs> yeah, that if, whole thing where you can put like a, a tack in your shoe. Mm. Have you ever saw that? Where like you've heard can, of that? It, yeah. The pain if you like press down the tack, the pain in your body will cause it to spike, and so you'll get weird readings. Like if they ask you your name and you press down, you say Jesse Cox, it will read like that's not his name. Yeah. Okay. Like that kind of thing, and you can yeah. really screw up the test. Yeah. Sorry. Continue the, with the classifications. I just you said polygraph, and my brain was like, hey, I know. I mean, I would, about I that. would, I would trust like if there's if there's two agents standing in front of me, and they're both the same level of security clearance, and one of them has taken a polygraph test and the other one hasn't. I'm going to trust the one that has. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the remainder of the clearance levels may only be discussed in a top secret facility or higher. So that is all on this topic. I look forward to helping you guys on the future. So I guess there's other higher things than top secret guy took a polygraph test that they can only talk about, which is probably those things that um, fall under, you know, the when when the uh, government goes into those rooms that are like sealed, you know how the last few years they've had to, when, especially when dealing with Russia, they're like, we all went to this meeting in a sealed room, and yeah. then like people were yeah. trying to order pizza. There. Remember that that whole thing, and people yeah. were like, you idiots, you brought Tinker a phone Taylor in? soldier spy vibes, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of that as well, and so I thought that was interesting because you're right. We keep saying stuff like it's classified information when I guess technically. That's, you know, although I guess wouldn't classified fall under the umbrella of everything because there would be classified 
and then unclassified. I think classified is yeah, more know. like you're just hinting at like a state of the information. Like it's in some way classified. Sure. You know what I mean? Like it's classified into one of these specific groups. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, yeah, got well, that. all I'm hearing is that we, the Chiluminati now has spies in it. Right. That's well, the, I was actually going to say as well. But we actually got an email from um, somebody who works in the military, not somebody who deals with the top secret stuff, but wanted to clarify uh, about the idea of um, the military showing up at Roswell, for instance, and being like panicky. And he says, because um, he 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 gave me his branch and stuff, and I uh, I for one I don't remember what it is, and for two I don't even remember if he gave me permission to say it. So right. I ain't calling people out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But what he said is like the military tends to be reactionary and hoarders, and so even if it was something of theirs and it wasn't even all that top secret, the military is likely going to lock it down and just scoop it all up and make it secret until some, until a time later at which they can address it at some point. The, the way that they handle crashed little tests and whatnot, or even just crashed at weather balloons is always almost the same. They just, they hoard things. They just take things and then they put them away. And they, as long as they have them, they're safe. And that's how they kind of think. So when looking back at the Roswell thing, uh, the idea that they kind of showed up crazy. in a, yeah, that, 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 that's not necessarily out of the realm of the norm for the military when something mysterious might hit the ground and all they want to do is bring it back and hide it away. I don't know. I, mean, I still don't know about flying a weather balloon to Washington, D.C., but other than that, I, I do. Well, I do. The, the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm with you. <laughs> but anyway. that's been the, the military's MO forever. I yeah. mean, ever since they spirited away that treasure from the Egyptians, and gave it to George Washington, and it, you know, remember, guys, remember in National Treasure, remember that? Oh yeah, I actually yeah. never saw National I forgot Treasure. About the facts presented in that film. <laughs> yeah, remember the facts? <laughs> in that? All right. First off, we discovered the real travesty today. Mathis, how have you never seen National okay, Treasure? You've said this about you three movies. People. I'm really sorry, but you are going to be like the longer you realize how very little I've seen in movies, the more disappointed you're going to be. I in am me. So never upset seen with Shawshank you. Redemption, for instance, like a Great classic movie. that everybody should see. But here's the yeah, thing: do, I would, watch I would rather you watch National Treasure. Yeah. I would rather sit down with you to watch a National Treasure. That movie will make you so happy. Uh, you I'm, especially, listen, man. You Shawshank, Shawshank is nothing because. We all know what's going to happen. We're all going to watch it. We're going to be like, damn. What a classic. What a great, classic great movie. movie. I'm like so the sad end of that now. movie, like one single masculine tear. Yeah, yeah. whatever. But National Treasure. <laughs> National Treasure. That's oh tequila in the movie. You know what I mean? What, well, my trip in April to see you guys was supposed to be is now turned into an extra week and we have to watch a movie every night. It's apparently. just, it's just said in April that. of 2021 now. Yeah, yeah no, it's no, just exactly. a different it's April of 2020. I would April. love to. I now have a life objective of making you watch. A, I need to find out what movies you haven't seen and force you to watch them just so I can be in the Dude, room just with write you. A list and I'll just tell you no. Basically. How have you not seen National Treasure? How? I haven't seen Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind either. Eh, whatever. Really? Eh, all right. Eh. No, it's all good. Right. Don't. It's the third kind, but it's good. Third kind. Sorry, but yeah, it's the kind either. Kind, I seen the, that's the B-rated stupid. sequel. Yeah. Direct to VHS. Yeah. Close that's Encounters the Transmorphers. Right. I can't believe that you're an alien fan and you in your head don't have like. You don't have that in your brain. I don't, and I know the history of the making of that film and like how Spielberg talked to the people who were worked on Project Blue Book and all that other stuff. Like I know like the history of it. How is this possible? Spielberg's like the original Tom DeLonge. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what do you got for us, Alex? I'm going to tell you about La Mancha Negra. Sorry. Oh. Okay. So, uh, this this article uh, is from Mysterious Universe, uh, another podcast out there about this kind of stuff. They are they have many more resources than the Chiluminati podcast. Uh, but one of the things they have <laughs> is a great 10 website. Years, we'll be there. Yeah. One of the <laughs> things they have is a great website where people write. Articles of the Weird. So this is about La Mancha Negra. This one's by Brent Swenser. In 1986, in Caracas, Venezuela, uh, on the highway between the city and the airport, uh, guys were out doing maintenance on the road, and they noticed this like black shit oozing out of the ground that was like half-liquefied chewing gum. and Ooh, Like tar almost? Yeah, kind of tar-looking. And it was just a few patches at first, 50 yards each, you know, which is a lot. It's like half a football field. But, you know, it's it's this it's this this black shit was like coming out. And then eventually it started spreading to the point that eight mile stretches of the road were oh, like God. un like they were covered in this stuff. Eight it's miles. a, thir- it's oh, a 30 God. mile road and eight miles of it were it- like 
in some way obstructed by this goo. And it came and go randomly, came and went randomly. Uh, Like when it's hot, it bubbled up more often than when it wasn't hot. It never appeared in the wilderness just near the road. Everybody's like, what the hell is it? And by 1992, apparently it had caused over 1,800 deaths because of how slippery it was. Jesus Christ. That's a lot of deaths. Nobody searched, re, like researched into this thing. I yeah. Th- wait, so what? S- yeah. So locals were like, "This is La Mancha Negra," which, if you don't know Spanish, that means the black stain. And uh, a taxi driver was quoted as saying, "Driving with La Mancha Negra is like driving in a Grand Prix. You got to be careful, or you'll die." Okay. They can offer me double the fare, but if La Mancha Negra is bad, I won't drive. It's it's not worth dying for. Started what? spreading even further. And at first, people went in thinking, obviously, this has to do with how these roads were made. There's something crappy happening here, like some like shoddy workmanship or something like that. Uh, but they they tried throwing limestone on it. They tried washing it away with pressurized hoses. They could not get rid of it um, until 1996. Uh, this German company or this German equipment came over and they like, cleaned it semi-permanently but then it came back in 2001 so they ran tests but and from where, like where do they does it have a source it just oozes up out of the ground and preliminary <laughs> Why tests would they not tear up the roads i would be like what the? it's fuck too expensive it's shit? too expensive to do that uh so tests show that it's made of dust oil and various organic and synthetic materials uh and synthetic. Uh, it's the, still the operating theory is just that it's some type of bad road work. That's all they got. Or that maybe like car shit, just like slowly oozing in, like soaking into the ground. And then eventually is there like diagnosis is car shit, like brake fluid and oil and all that crap. Just like seeping into the ground. What do you think it is? It doesn't make sense. That it seems like car shit to me. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. (sighs) that it's just in Caracas, Venezuela. Nobody knows like what happened. Some people think it might just be like, evidence of corruption and like crappy work in like the public sector, something like that. Uh, but we all know what it really is, which is that entity on that planet that killed Tasha Yar. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. It makes perfect sense to me. God, man. But, hey, man at least data got to bone before she went out. You know, God I bless. don't. Why is that the one takeaway you had? The season Picard one is the show, awful. man. You got to watch that show. Season one is so bad. And that's the only good parts of it is just the terrible, terrible plot lines. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> data, data banging and, and Picard. Dude, they banged Tasha Yard season one. Yeah. Oh, data I bangs. thought you meant Picard. I was like, aren't oh, they Tasha all like dead 70 now? I'm just saying, you know, watch Picard. Picard is you know, terrible. If you like Data Fucking, you might want to watch Picard. Yeah, you I might want know. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Have you seen Picard? No, I it's, haven't seen any of it. Have you played awful. Mass Effect 2? Yes. Same For shit. Sure. All right. That's what cool. I hear. I'm not, I'm like, I'm like, it's exa- right, it literally is actually the same story. Yeah. Well, um, thank you for that yeah. oozing, slippery slickness. Uh, That's what they all and thanks say, for baby. listening, everybody. Here in this <laughs> <show>. <laughs> That's what they all say. You what? all nasty. You all na- Thank you, my little, uh, my little chill minis for hanging Don't out say with that. Us. Don't stop that. Stop this. <laughs> when will you just accept it, Jesse? <laughs> my little Tuluba nights. There. Now that's a good ass episode. That is a now great- that's a good ass Star Trek episode. Uh, that uh, that one's actually super entertaining. The, uh, oh, I was just somebody from oh. I was just somebody from Livingston, Scotland, talking about what I saw. Yeah, the right, up in the right, sky. right, 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 right. Jesse, just be thankful that it's Chiluminots and Chilminis because people like they were tossing around the idea of being called children and calling you Chil- daddy. Children is you, the Jesse, specifically call you dad. I'm not opposed to people calling me daddy, but it's I context. Feel, it's about context. Yeah, it's a context thing. Right. Like but, you know, there's a time and place to be called daddy. And none of it involves children, at least for me. No, sir. So I'm, I'm <laughs> same <fine>. here <laughs> on that. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week. <laughs> Have a good one. Bye. Bye. How's it going? My little chill minis. Mm. My little. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Terminats. Hey, I hate this. Started off so much weirder than I expected. That's because they. Oh, okay. I rescind. I don't want to stay for this. <laughs> hey. You didn't know what you were getting into. Weird. This is how we. Hello, my little ch- chili millies. <laughs> chili millies. <laughs> it's so weird. Hello? Uh, listen, there was a, there was at some point the the fans were debating calling themselves children so they could simply call Jesse. I Dad. don't children. like that. Stop it. <laughs> children, chiluminots. Chiluminots. What they settled on. Chiluminots. I don't have yeah, any children. No, that I'm aware of. (laughs) Welcome, Dodger. And thanks for hanging out with us on this little chill mini. Thanks for inviting me on. You're yeah, no problem. We're happy to have you. We just, we simply talk about weird news that's happening out there in the world and either laugh at it or in my case, try and convince Jesse it's proof that aliens are actually real. Sure. Delightful. I'm ready. Let's do it. (laughs) So it's a lot similar to our other show that we do. Rubs fingers together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, Alex, you brought something that's uh, fascinating because I think it's uh, everybody's heard about this. Yeah, this, this so is kind of the away, big dude. mystery of the week. This happened uh, September 1st, which as of this recording was three days ago. Uh, this is super crazy because the, the reports came in overnight that the FBI launched an investigation uh, into this incident because an American Airlines pilot on Sunday was coming in on uh, on a vector into LAX. And he got on the the little intercom with the tower and he was like, Tower American 1997. We just passed the guy in a jetpack. <laughs> and the 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 American like the tower's like American 1997. Okay, thank you. Were they off to your left or right side? And he's like, off the left side, maybe 300 yards or so, about our altitude, which at this point I believe was about three thousand feet in the air. Oh, that's uh, wild. Jesus. Yeah. And uh, he was like, we just saw the guy pass pass us by in the jetpack. A second pilot says from a jet blue flight, uh, they both saw it. And then the traffic controller was just like, only in L.A., which <laughs> I think is like a crazy thing to say at that time when you don't know who the guy is in the jetpack flying over the airport in 2020. Um, but according to the FBI, uh, who has somebody on the ground called Laura I. Miller, uh, she said that agents were investigating at LAX. Uh, the FBI is aware of the reports by pilots and is working to determine what occurred. Nobody knows anything about it, but the official explanation of what went down was two airplane, two airline flight crews reported seeing what appeared to be someone in a jetpack as they were on their final approach to LAX around 6.35 p.m. on Sunday. The FAA alert- alerted local law enforcement to the reports and is looking into those reports. And that's literally all it is. But the thing that's crazy about this is that like according to the Wikipedia article on jetpacks, which maybe isn't the last word on jetpacks, <laughs> but like there hasn't really been like a like a lot of technology that makes a jetpack that looks very similar to like what you would imagine, say, the Rocketeer or Iron Man to have. So the idea that somebody's floating in the air. Like in like what I can only assume is probably restricted airspace over an airport. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's probably something crazy. Like, I don't but I don't me, know exactly I'm what it link is this to you all in Zoom. Here's a video because I this article like I, you know, I heard about it as well. It sent me down a jetpack rabbit hole. <laughs> There's a video of a dude in Dubai that literally like look at that. Je- like, have you seen this? Yeah. Whoa. I mean, this is that's smooth. Yeah. Yeah, and he like if you zoom up to the the rest of the video, he flies through the city in this thing. That is that is crazy. So maybe it is, maybe it is something like this. But they didn't. I I don't. I haven't heard anything about what the actual mechanism looks like itself. Yeah. So I have no idea. I have no idea like what the possibility could be. I saw. They, I was watching those guys that do the. Uh, special effects break st- breakdowns uh the corridor guys you know those guys corridor uh, digital yeah corridor digital they're like a you know they just do like fun special effects type stuff on the internet but they were at some place in LA that had some sort of jetpack technology but it was like very much not like this Dubai guy it was very much like i think it had like a like a hose that attached it to the ground and he mm. was able to like he was holding two things too so he was able to do the like little like 
princess arms Iron Man thing that he does to like. Well, there's there's oh, uh, the jetpacks that I've seen in the past are the one that has the two like side nozzles coming out that are sort of away from the person that those yeah. are what propel you. I've seen the ones that are the water jetpacks that use the water to keep you off the ground and they like go up and down like yeah dolphins yeah. there are yeah. these jet man jetpacks like in this video where it looks mm-hmm. like the wings of a plane on your back um there are many mm-hmm. different varieties of them that exist but i think that the the goal the life goal is the one that's literally just the mandalorian jetpack where you just strap it to your back and you're like Pew! and you tony stark your <laughs> way through stuff yeah i mean honestly this yeah. dubai guy like if you told me oh it was this i would be like that explains it like that, that yeah. I mean, th- I didn't realize that there was technology like this. Like this looks. He has no way to land though, so he just goes until he runs out of fuel, and then he parachutes. Really? No, he's landing. Well, yeah, he parachutes into a into an area like you go, but he has to go until he runs out of fuel. I, there's, I there's just, like in the beginning of the video where he's going up and down, but once he's like flying, flying. Well, this the the one that uh, I'm thinking of as being like, oh, this is the future. Uh, there is a video on YouTube for those of you who want to look it up. It's called. Uh, the how gravity built the world's fastest jet suit jet suit is the term i was looking for it literally is iron man the dude has the the engines on his hands that he uses to move him and like oh change his direction and then he has a giant thing on his back and that's it that's- yeah this is the thing that i was looking at oh wow they've really uh, they've They've taken it out of the hangar. This is literally the exact technology yeah. that I was looking at. It moves so fast. Oh, cool. It's so neat. Although it, this is also how you die. extremely dangerous. Yeah, this looks so how dangerous. Die. I was yeah. just gonna say, like, I no, thank you. <laughs> One accidental turn of the wrist, and you're just like, I like gone. know I would just break my goddamn face on this. Like, <laughs> I would smash myself into the water and like die. I would be dead in like yeah. two seconds. Oh, it's wild. That scares the hell out of me. But yeah, it That's happened. Cool. There was a guy in a jetpack over LAX and nobody is like that worried about it for some reason. It's just like a crazy thing that everybody's just willing to accept in this crazy waterfall of crazy news all the time. But like, it, I mean, what the hell was that? What was that? Maybe it was Jetman. Maybe it was. Maybe it was an alien, dude. Listen, did you hear in, in quarantine UFO sightings are up like 30 percent around the world? Look, people are bored. Like people seeing UFOs people all the time. Bored. I was going to say, that's because everybody's drunk. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, so moving on. I got some lighthearted news for you. Right, do this you want to save uh, it or do you want few- me to have mind-blowing stuff for the end? It's your call. Do you want to do lighthearted news <laughs> at the end or do you want me to like leave people questioning reality? Oh, God. What? Oh, what don't, a tease. Don't, now I got to let's just save yours to okay, the end then. Yeah. Let's, let's let, let people question. Right. This is an easy one. Out in Italy, just literally three days ago, uh, the article, Flat Earthers Seek Edge of the World, but End Up on an Island Off Sicily. (laughs) (laughs) A pair of Flat Earth enthusiasts from northern Italy set sail from Sicily with the intention of reaching the remote island of Lampedusa, which for them represented the edge of the flat world, reports Italian paper record uh, Cora de Serra. So just so you know, these couples, the the flat earth that they believe in, because there's many different kinds, is the kind that has a, an ice wall. Right. Oh, of course. That makes and so, so much sense. They're going to sail, just the two of them, to go find the ice wall at the edge of the earth. That's their plan. Um, unfortunately, a middle-aged man and woman undertook their escapades in full lockdown, breaking the strict COVID-19 travel restrictions <laughs> in place three months ago. <laughs> the story, which is only coming to light today, reveals that the hapless pair reached the northern uh, uh, Sicilian port of Termini Emeris. I'm going to butcher these names, where they sold their car and bought a boat. From here, they set sail for their desired destination, but ended up instead on the island of Ustica, 60 kilometers to the northwest of Palermo. Uh, Palermo and not remotely near Lampedusa, which is, I'm, I'm butchering it again, which is located to the far south uh, of Sicily, near the coast of Tunisia. The disoriented pair arrived into the harbor of uh, Ustica, tired, thirsty, and risking shipwreck to the dismay of the local mayor, uh, the Carabinieri uh, in the Coast Guard, according to the Italian media. The funny thing is, quote, uh, the quote, the funny thing is that they oriented themselves with a compass, an instrument that works on the basis of terrestrial magnetism, <laughs> a principle that they, as flat earthers, should refuse. Salvatore, a oh, doctor at the Maritime Department of the Ministry of Health, told Italian newspaper La Stampa. After disembarking in the midst of a coronavirus pandemic, the two were escorted to Palmero, where they were placed in quarantine on board their boat for 15 days. They tried, however, doesn't end there. The couple decided to risk a daring escape by sea, which also did not go according to plan. Being inexperienced seafarers, the two were uh, were picked up by the harbor master not well, far from duh. the coast. 
<laughs> despite being at sea for three hours. Escorted back again to the port, the pair then made another attempt to escape, this time ending up in the home of a, a mythomaniac man who claimed falsely to be coronavirus positive before they eventually returned home oh to God. Venito by land to the un- understandable general relief of everybody around, reports the magazine. What a, f- what a fucking wild, <laughs> like, last stop before you're done. <laughs> so there's some fun idiots Sci-fi in the movie. world still trying to prove that the Earth is flat while using technology that requires the Earth to be round and uh, failing miserably. Jesse, all right. I hand it to you. Okay, I warned everyone. All right. Um, <laughs> let's leave Earth for a hot sec. I've been waiting to hear gone. you say that Long for gone. day since day one. All right. Well, um, researchers at the Korea Astronomy and Space Institute uh, released an uh, article that posits something that is an idea that we don't really think about all that often when it comes to space. And what they suggest is that we need to think of space as being much bigger and more complicated than we already think of it. And we think of it as being very complicated as is. I was going to say, we already (laughs) consider it to be fairly complicated. And what they're saying is that like we see space as kind of like looking in between the cracks, right? Like an ant would see certain things. It wouldn't see the table. It would see like part of the leg and try to figure out like how that leg worked. Right. And they're saying we see space as like fragments of a bigger picture that we yet don't understand. And so uh, they released this article. And what they're saying is that after uh, analyzing 445 galaxies, Surprisingly, uh, galaxies six me mepa uh, me parsecs mepa parsecs basically twenty million <laughs> yep. light years apart are moving the exact same way. Uh, they observed, uh, for example, a galaxy moving towards Earth was mirrored in the exact same way by a distant galaxy moving in the exact same direction. This discovery, they said, is new and quite unexpected. I've never seen any previous report of observations or any prediction from uh, situations like these uh, that represent this phenomenon. Since the galaxies are too distant for their gravitational fields to be influencing each other at all, Lee posits another explanation, that the linked galaxies are embedded within the same larger scale structure. Another puzzling uh, thing from this what? is that okay. yeah like we're we're like a jackson pollock painting and yeah and there are repeating patterns and fractals that are within space and there's another galaxy that is behaving exactly like we are despite what seems to be randomness well another puzzle it's just suggesting unsettling. the influence of large-scale <laughs> structures has become clear over recent years it is observed that galaxies surrounding our own milky way are weirdly arranged in a single flat plane. Big Bang thinking would suggest that anything circling us would be expanding at all sorts of different angles based on an explosion, right? Exploding out. Right, because outward, Um, And that it's uh, obviously for adherence of that way of viewing, known as the ACDM model. That is a Roman A, so I don't know if that's what it's supposed to be, if it's a Greco-Roman A. Alpha. Um, Yeah, yeah, maybe the Alpha CDM model. Um, this is a very troubling anom- anom- anomaly. Boy, I couldn't say that word. Um, <laughs> they also suggest that uh, that too could be because we are a part of or seeing a larger object. Um, certainly, imagining a vast, utterly gigantic object in space that is comprised of these galaxies is kind of a different way of looking at how the internet works or no, the, the internet, the galaxy works. <laughs> I was like, or what a heel turn. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but they're saying that um, it's hard for us to really truly know them because we see things smaller than they actually are. Right. Because from far away, we can see giant superstructures in space and we can see massive nebula and all these different things. But that's so far away. And when looking at Mm. where we're at in the galaxy, the things we see 
are we see only like the little parts of it. And so right. we're an ant will never be able to see the whole table. Yeah. Just we're basically back living between our own atoms is kind of the idea. Like it's so we're, it, we're so small compared to something so big that we truly mm. can't see the connectors. But what we do see is that, uh, things are moving in the same way and things are changing in the same way. And is it like Dodger said, where it's just, there's so much that chance and logic means that of course something's going to happen or are they in some way profoundly connected? And we just don't quite know how yet. And that's kind of what they're looking at. Are we on a tapestry that was intended to be a certain way? Or perhaps a marble. In the locker of the gym bag of an alien in the end of Men in Black. And then Will Smith has like a slightly weirder tuxedo on at the end and he flies away. Not a tuxedo. It's a suit. Goodbye. Thank you for that, Alex. Oh, God. I love that shit like that, though, because it's just it's such a fucking reminder of just like, we are nothing. We are specks of specks of specks. And that there's just no way to know what the fuck's that out there. That one video on the totally. internet, if you ever want to just like question reality, that one video on the internet that's like the size of Earth compared to the entire universe, um, mm-hmm. you always forget, like you think like, oh yeah, the universe, the universe, it's huge. But like when it does that thing where it pulls out and it shows our galaxy, then it pulls out and it shows like our galaxy cluster, then it pulls out and it shows like the many, like whatever it's called when it's like the many, many, many galaxies that are part of us. And then it pulls out and it's like, and then we're part of this like one little tiny place of all these other bajillion galaxies. And you're like, we are insignificant. I'm about to become a nihilist all of a sudden. Just like F it. Why? Why bother? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, who cares? What's yeah. McConaughey now? <laughs> Nobody should argue about whether or not their waifus are shit because all waifus are shit in the grand scale of the universe. Yeah. And we're all shit and everything is shit. Yeah. Damn. Thank you. Anime so we might as well the worst. spend this time <clears throat> loving each other, right? Might as well play the Mario All-Stars pack on Nintendo Switch until your teeth fall out. What? I don't. That's my philosophy. Is everything okay over there for you, my man? Are you good? What do you mean? That's nihilism, right, guys? Come on. (laughs) All right. Thanks for joining us on this chill mini, Doctor. (laughs) No problem. (laughs) Jesus, little chill mini. We appreciate your support, patrons, very, very much. Um, We uh, we'll be back next week with a new chill mini for you (laughs) right here on uh, the Patreon. Goodbye. Love to see it. Bye. Bye, chili bubbies. No, chili bubbies, and and just with that, are the names got changed. I'm so sorry. <laughs> chili bubbies. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, stop this. Hello, my little chill luminots. I don't no mm, no no. Thank you. Welcome back. No, to the chill, thank chill you. Ready to get low. No. Low. No. How's everybody doing? Mm, not good. <laughs> no, Jess's emergency uh, button. I gotta <laughs> say, I'm doing great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to hear it because we're about to make your life so much better. Mm-hmm. We all came. I don't like that promise either. I, uh... <laughs> uh, I don't know what you boys brought for some news, but uh, I'm going to open it up today okay? because this comes from September 18th. This is two days ago, 2020. Unidentified forest object found in the Polish wilderness with a picture, of course. Forest object? Do you say you're going to put it in the chat? I'll put it in the uh, Zoom chat. Yeah, I want to see this picture. You're going to love where this article comes from. What is this? <laughs> a f- a d- unidentified forest object. A UFO. Unidentified forest you are object. Oh my God, huh? what the fuck? A man exploring a forest in Poland came upon a rather puzzling sight in the form of a mysterious object that some have likened to a down UFO. Pictures of the pear-shaped piece of debris were submitted to the Polish newspaper Echo Dnia last week by a reader Damagala is all I'm just going to say the last name by reader Damagala, who said that they had discovered the strange and rather sizable oddity while visiting a wooded area in the province of uh, uh, Svetskorsky. Sure. The objects. Yeah, not bad. The object seems to be metallic and based on what looks to be significant weathering may have been in the forest for quite some time. So Alex and Jesse can see this object, too. It looks like Um, Metro, like dead ass. Like it looks like some fallen piece of Chernobyl or something. Um, he says the the person who found it noted that they weren't the first one to find it. I find it as there were a number of empty bottles of booze scattered around the site. 
As for what the object could have been, the newspaper suggests that it could have been some kind of construction equipment akin to a concrete mixer. More imaginative observers pointed out the debris somewhat resembles a famed acorn-shaped craft reported in the legendary Kecksburg UFO case and argued that perhaps it was the a downed alien craft. There's no way. It literally looks like it's made of some sort of, of you know, metal, man-made, steel. Yeah, something. Yeah. It looks like it's from wartime. It looks like a piece of a boat. But I mean, I can totally see like, you know, those like drawings of UFOs. It kind of has that vibe of like, like a drawing from like the 50s of a UFO. Yeah, it's, it's definitely got that vibe. Absolutely. Also, though, like a point in the articles made as well is like, how would a UFO crash in the wilderness without the government ever picking it up? But I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's probably like stealth technology from another world. I don't know. I mean, yeah, usually. (laughs) Anyway, it's cool as hell. It looks cool as hell. It's uh, if you want to find it, y'all, it's over at Coast to Coast. It's Uh, time to go take a look at the coast. Take a look at the article. It's an article by Tim Binnell. Hmm. That's neat. I think it's cool. Uh, take it away, gents. What do you got? Okay, so I have been looking for a new episode to do, uh, which I just found out today is going to be episode 69. So now we I, just found out today, too. Yeah, so. I think it's still going to work. I, th- I think it's still going to work now that I know that I need to do an episode 69. But this is one of the stories that I was looking up that I wanted to maybe do. But it's really a great little story. But it's but it's it's a little too short for an episode. So I just wanted to like run, give you a rundown of it really quick um, based on this article from my London about a place called High Gate Cemetery and uh, this crazy thing that happened in the 70s there. It's in London. And basically, uh, it's a North London cemetery that has a bunch of famous people in it. Carl's Carl Marx is in there. George Elliott is in there, right? Uh, it's it's like got the classic look of a cemetery. Like they used it for movies a lot of the times just because it has that like scary sort of like almost like a forest of gravestones vibe, if you can imagine. Sure. Right? Uh, yeah, I got you. But people started to see this like dark figure roaming the graveyard at night with red eyes. And it looked like he was maybe floating off the ground, like not really walking. Uh, And so people started to call this thing the vampire, right? And uh, (laughs) then this guy comes onto the scene and writes a letter uh, about it in the like local newspaper, this guy, David Ferrant, and he's a like Wicca guy who's like really deep into the like sort of like alternative religions world at the time in England. He claims that on Christmas Eve, 1969, he saw something in the cemetery and he's and that he found also foxes in the cemetery that had slit throats. And and he was the he was the president of some occult society. Uh, And then another guy named Sean Manchester got interviewed for another article about this. And he said that this thing was actually not just a regular vampire, but that it was a king vampire. Uh, who was from Wallachia? Uh, <clears throat> that's what. That's not real. That's what, what he makes actually him a king said. Vampire. That's not real. That's what he actually said. Uh, and he said that the body was buried in Wallachia, uh, and then resurrected by somebody, uh, a modern like Satan practitioner, Satanist practitioner, like in modern time, like in the seventies, and that's why this is just what we do. In the, it. This isn't. No, this no. <laughs> so he, so this guy Manchester was also the president of another occult society, and he was also apparently the bishop of a church. And he said that he was going to get rid of the vampire, and uh, okay. and then the other guy, the first guy who wrote the letter, the other occult guy said that everything had been like sort of like blown out of proportion, and that the media was sort of like hyping over hyping it. And that it was just a basic ass ghost, not really like some crazy king vampire at all. <laughs> it's just a basic <laughs> ghost, please. So then in 1970, the guy Manchester published a book called The Highgate Vampire. And then the other guy published a book called Behind the Highgate Vampire, Beyond the Highgate Vampire. And then they started kind of like feuding. And there was like a TV special about 
this angry mob of people that were like on both of these guys sides headed to the cemetery to like take out this vampire with like vampire murder gang, with like bro. stakes and crosses. <clears throat> and they both were interviewed. And then the one guy, Manchester said that he was going to have a vampire hunt every night at the cemetery with people oh, yes. to like keep the other guy out. So there was literally people lining up to participate and hopping the fence Graves were getting opened. Corpses were getting beheaded. Oh uh, they were God. staking. They were staking corpses. They're just going all out. And the whole time there were still sightings. And then they both started competing and trying to be the first to kill the vampire. Until finally, in 1973, they decided to have a duel, a magic duel, with with who? <clears throat> the two guys. Okay. And the two guys were tired of each other's shit and they were like, we're going to oh. have a magic duel on April 13th, 1973, Parliament Hill. We're going to have it. But then these rumors started happening that there was going to be all these sacrifices and that a cat was going to die and that there were going to be naked virgins everywhere. And then somebody's cat went missing. And so uh, this, this, the first guy, he got like villainized in the media by this like, rights association or something for like beheading a cat. And so then they got arrested because shit got started getting too real. And eventually it ended when Mr. Ferrant, the first guy was arrested, carrying a crucifix and a cross, uh, a crucifix, a crucifix and a stake and uh, damaging graves. And he did sue the newspaper for making him look like a cat killer. And they still feud to this day. And do weird like voodoo tricks on each other, and it's just this crazy thing that happens in in England. It's ridiculous, ridiculous. I love it. I'd join that mob, honestly. Early oh, days, I know you would. You'd be like, <laughs> I will duel you with my wizard yeah, powers. You just want it just for kicks, though, right? Like you're just right. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe I'll get some cool, cool wizard say, powers out of I it. I don't think it's for kicks. I think Mass would be like, I, what's the over under on I getting wizard power though? Like, what if I 50%? get bit by a vampire? Yeah. Right. Could I become a vampire? Will he feast on me or will he turn me into one of his thralls? I just would love to know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're right. Okay, cool. All right. Let me bring us back to reality for odd sec. Let me take us back. Uh Come come with me. Uh, So on the 12th of this month, uh, the New England Journal of Medicine. This is this is, hey, for all of you out there who want some good, good news in the world. um, The New England Journal of Medicine. Uh, on the 12th, published a uh, unproven but promising theory that they are going to be studying now, which is that the universal face mask mandate might actually be doing unintended consequence things, but in like a positive light. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. I got so really, really, I got really <laughs> triggered for like one second and now we're good. So <laughs> apparently... Uh, as it's been stated, unless you have an like the N95 mask or whatever it is, you're not stopping particles from getting to you, right? Like the idea of a mask is that you are, you know, protecting your spittle from hitting other people. And then if everyone's wearing a mask, everyone's protecting the like bits. And so you're making it safer for everyone. Like the whole idea, right? Well, uh-huh. what the New England Journal of Medicine is proposing is... And they're going to start studying this is that, all right, so we understand that it's not stopping all the virus, but we understand that wearing a face mask helps reduce the severity of the virus and ensures a greater proportion of the new infections are asymptomatic. If the hypothesis is true, academics are arguing that universal mask wearing may be some sort of uh, virulation uh, virulation. I hope that's how you say that. That would generate immunity, thereby spreading the virus in the United States. Essentially, you're microdosing yourself with COVID, and so your body mm. is fighting it because it's getting at such a small low level doses. that more oh. and more people over time will slowly become. Uh, they'll slowly get like you know some level of immunity to it, and so uh, increasing evidence shows the amount of virus someone's exposed to 
the dose of the virus, may determine the severity of their illness. Indeed, a large study published by The Lancet last month found that viral load in, uh, diagnosis was independent predictor of mortality. So wearing masks could, therefore, reduce the infectious dose that the wearer is exposed to and subsequently impact the disease um, as the mask filters out some of the virus containing droplets. And then they give you like a great chart where they talk about like while talking what it does and while coughing and while sneezing and then like what I'm wearing a mask and then like all the way down to a surgical mask and what they can do for you. And then they say the theory, if the theory bears out, researchers argue population-wide mask wearing might ensure a higher portion of COVID-19 infections are asymptomatic. Better still, as data has emerged in recent weeks suggesting that there can be strong immune responses from even mild or asymptomatic infection, researchers say that any public health strategy that helps reduce the severity of the virus, such as mask wearing, should increase population-wide immunity as well. And so they're going to be looking into viral load and studying that. And they're saying this is like a great thing to learn before any vaccine comes out because this is another way of dealing with it. Cause they are saying there's a lot of asymptomatic cases and they were wondering why that is. And they're like, maybe it's because all these people are being micro dosed on COVID. That's <laughs> why so I thought that was Honestly, fascinating. Like that makes, oh, obviously the still studies need to be done and stuff, but that makes a lot of sense and is actually really great to hear. Yeah. It's nice to have a little good scenario. News. You're, you're still doing the right thing by wearing a mask and you're still helping other people. It's just it could be it might actually be better. Yeah, they're saying like, look, we can't guarantee like some people can uh, will wear a mask and they'll still get sick. Right. It, it depends on so many factors. But they're saying that uh, if you're wearing a mask and you are exposed, that there's they're seeing an increase in asymptomatic cases. And so now they're like, we need to study this. So it's interesting to me. It's interesting to me. And yet another reason to just. Wear a mask when you go outside. Just exactly. listen to scientists and doctors. It's crazy what, so that's, what that does for you. Yeah. And all right. Weird to listen to the educated folks. Yeah. Well, that's where we're going to end today's chill mini. Thank you all so much on Patreon for your support. And those who are listening a little bit later for free and the little minis. We love you. Thank you so much for your support and listening to us. We'll be back next week with some more chill minis for you. And uh, keep an eye out. If you guys have uh, jumped up to the $20 tier. It's uh, we're coming up on October already. We'll have some new digital poster stuff coming your way in just a couple of weeks. Bless. Cool. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Peach.